Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. You'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny. What is up, guys? Sophia here. Why don't we get into what I want to share with y'all today? It is how to become a high value woman so that you attract a high value man. That's right, that's that's right ladies. Because I know a lot of y'all out there are tired of dating tired behind men. But if that's what you're attracting, then you gotta look at yourself. I'm sorry, I hate to be like that. Why don't we get into it, shall we? Tip number one, work on your appearance. I know what a lot of y'all are gonna say that a man should be attracted to your inside and this, that, and the third, and you are absolutely right, they should, but they're never going to get to your inside if your outside is looking crazy. I mean, it just is what it is, right? And so that's just like, would you go to a job interview and you could be the most qualified person for the job, but if you come in there looking a hot mess with holes in your clothes and it's wrinkled and you're just looking crazy, it don't matter what qualifications you have, you don't look like you belong there. Now to back up my point, I actually want to take a Bible verse from Esther 2.12. Now when it was each young woman's turn to go before King Xerxes, after the end of 12 months under regulations for the women, for the days of their beautification were completed as follows. Six months with six months with oil and myrrh, and six months with sweet spices and perfumes, and the beauty preparations for women. So look, what all this basically says is that you know Esther. If you're familiar with the Bible, and I hope that you are. If you're not, then please go read Esther. It's like legitimately one of the shortest chapters in the book. Esther, before she became queen, she was like some orphan a regular behind person. And when she came into the palace, she just couldn't waltz and go become queen because she wasn't ready. She was probably looking busted. And we know that because the women had to go through beauty treatments before they were introduced in front of the king. And really, when you read it, she went through 12 months of beauty treatments before she was even ready to go before the king. And even on top of that, what I speculate is what went through on through this 12 months is that she learned proper protocol. She learned how to act like a queen. She learned etiquette. She learned all of that stuff. And that is what my first tip to you is, is take care of your appearance. If you want to attract that type of man, then you need to give the appearance to look like you are that type of woman. Yes, they should be attracted to your inside, but taking care of your outside to the best of your ability really let gives them more incentive to approach you and want to get to know your inside. Second tip that I'm going to give you is to be a boss in your own right. So I know a lot of women want to get with a provider, with the man who has money, X, Y, and Z. If that's what you want to do, then do you, boo. You're not going to get no judgment from me. But the caveat to that is that you need to have something to offer. Like you can't be all struggling and doing absolutely nothing with your life, having absolutely nothing to offer, and then you think that out of all the women in the world, that he's going to come to you. Why? You don't, you're not even like mastering your own life. And to prove my point, I want to go to Ruth chapter two, verse six. And once again, read the book of Ruth, y'all. It's really short. And where I'm gonna pick up from, she went to go work in the field of Boaz. 
and eventually Boaz is the one who married her. And obviously Boaz had his own thing going on. He had his own field, his own home, his own servants. So he had money basically. And so the first thing that we see in Ruth chapter two, verse seven, is that um, Boaz came up to his servant and was like, yo, who's this chick like working in my field, right? And this is what the servant had to say about Ruth. And, and she said, talking about Ruth, please let me glean and gather among the reapers, among the sheaves. So she came and has continued gathering grain from early morning up until now, except when she rested for a little while into the field. And then I'm going to skip down to chapter, I mean, excuse me, I'm going to skip down to verse 11 to, to further prove my point. So when Boaz went out to Ruth, he said, I have been fully made aware of everything that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people that you did not know before. So what is he talking about? First of all, he asked his servant about who this chick was. And what did the servant have to say? He didn't say, oh, she came here with her, you know, boobs hanging out, trying to floss up against the man, trying to get men's attention. No, she, he didn't say anything about that. The only thing he had to say about her is that she was working hard. And the reason why she was working hard is because she was seeking to provide for her mother-in-law. And that is what attracted Boaz, who is wealthy and has his own situation going on in his own right, to Ruth. And so basically what I'm telling you is that if you want to attract a high value man and they go out on a date with you and they're like, okay, tell me about yourself. And you're like, oh, I'm between jobs. I really don't have any goals. I really don't know what I want to do. Actually, actually, I was just hoping that I could like get with you and marry you and that you could rescue me from my, my, um, my poverty and my ratchet behind life. Like said, no one ever. Why would he get with you? And so what really makes you more attractive to a high value man is that you are a boss in your own right. You have your own thing going on. And so to further prove my point, I'm going to go to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, 17 says, she equips herself with strength, spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task. Like he shouldn't get with you and feel like because of what you got going on that you're actually going to bring him down. Ideally, you should be in such a good place mentally, physically, and spiritually that he feels like when he joins himself to you that you're gonna actually lift him up. For her. Tip number three, which is to limit your baggage. So to be very honest with you, we all have baggage in some way, shape, or form. Nobody's perfect, I completely get that. However, you can't have so much baggage that when somebody looks at you, they're like, okay, that's like way too much. Like, have y'all ever heard that Erica Badu song, Bag Lady? And she says like, you can't hurry up because you have too much stuff. Someday he's gonna say, you're crowding my space. So all that's a metaphor for basically if you have too much baggage, all your baggage is going to be crowding the space of you, your relationship, of him, and you can't keep up because of all this crap that you have that you're hauling behind you because you just have way too much baggage. And so what is baggage? That can come in the form of a whole lot of things. If you have too many ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands, husbands, divorces, separations, restraining orders, criminal background. I mean, like if you just have so much derogatory stuff lugging behind you, then that is baggage. Basically prove my point. I want to take the case of the Samaritan woman. So basically Jesus asked her for some water. He was having a conversation with her. And then he was like, you know, hey, how you doing? Tell me about your husband. 
So then she goes, um, and this is John 4, 17. So the woman answered, I do not have a husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I do not have a husband for you have had five husbands and the man you are living with now is not your husband. You have said this truthfully. What if you were just sitting down at the bar and a guy came up to you like a nice guy who really had it going on and was like, oh, you know, tell me about yourself. And you're like, oh, I've had five husbands, but you know, the guy that I'm with now, I'm, he's not my husband. I'm just like living with him and we're actually coming out of a relationship. But hey, you know, I wouldn't mind going out on a date with you. Do you really think that that's gonna go somewhere? Because what does that say about you as a woman? That you can't either manage relationships, that you don't know how to pick men for relationships, and that you have a whole slew of just baggage and drama chasing behind you. Like imagine if he brings you home to his family and wants to introduce you to his mom. And she's like, oh, you know, when I met her, yeah, she's been divorced five times. And when I, and when I met her, she was living with another dude. Like, let's be real about this. So you really need to take an objective, like look at your own entire life and see, okay, do I have baggage? What area can I clean up on baggage? As I said, we all have baggage, but to have an unreasonable and crazy amount to the point that it just looks like you are, you know, just running your life into crap and no man is gonna wanna get with you, then you need to kind of figure that out. Because just like you want the best of the best man, the guy wants the best of the best woman. And if you have just a lot of crap with you, that's just not gonna make them want to be bothered with you. All right, so the next point that I want to make is to check your freaking attitude, y'all. From woman to woman, I cannot stand women who are just nasty for no reason. What that signifies is that you have a problem, is that you're insecure, and that you have low self-esteem. And instead of admitting that to yourself, you want to project your insecurities on somebody else and become angry at them when really, you're the problem. That could be anything. When you go into the store, how do you talk to people? What do you do? What type of attitude do you have? It's not cute to be nasty. And so to back up my point, I wanna first take um, Esther, Esther 2.15. And it's the bottom of 2.15 and it says, and Esther found favor in the sight of all those who saw her. Well, I remember when I first read the book of Esther, this specifically stood out to me just because I felt like like your reputation should precede you. At the end of the day, you don't know who's watching you. You don't know who may wanna hook you up. You don't know who may wanna wanna tell you about somebody. I mean, even if you look at Meghan Markle's situation, it was like her friend hooked her up with her now husband. She would not have done that had this woman not proved herself to be a good character, to have a positive attitude. If she felt like homegirl was gonna come and meet the prince, and act any type of way and act all ratchet, then no, she's not gonna introduce her, her, her to anybody. And so my whole thing is your reputation should precede you. You don't know who's asking about you. You don't know who's looking at you. You don't know who wants to hook you up. You don't know you could be in the store by just acting like you got some sense. That can make you more approachable to a certain type of man. But if you act the opposite and act like you got attitude and like somebody did something to you when they really didn't, then that's gonna turn people off. And the last tip that I wanna give you guys or be be a woman that cannot be compared to. Like a, a, a diamond collector, right? Like, like a lot of, like if you were to collect jewels, you don't wanna go to a jewelry store and get the jewel that everybody else has. 
he wants to collect the finest and the rarest of gems. And so you kind of want to be the finest and the rarest and the most unique and the most type of interesting of gems. Now I actually want to prove my point with Esther 2, um, 217. And it says, now the king loved Esther more than all the other, like emphasized all the other women. And she found favor and kindness with him more than all the other virgins so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. So look, mind you, in the story of Esther, he, the king had ordered all of the virgins in the whole area, which was a whole lot of women, to come and be made queen. And then during this process, spend the night with him. And the only way that they could be chosen as queen is if he called on them by name. So there was a lot of women who went in and there was a lot of women who went out because guess what? Your sex cannot just win over a man. There has to be something specifically about you that wins over that man. So even as we go up, just a verse or two up where it says Esther won favor and all those who saw her. And then before she went before the king, you could bring something with you, right? And so the person who actually helped Esther out was called Haggai and he was the king's eunuch. So when the virgins got gathered, Haggai was responsible for them. He was responsible for training them. And he and Esther even gained favor with Haggai, which is like I said, don't be nasty, right? Be a good person. And then he gave her like the biggest room in the palace. And then when she went before the king, he also told her what to bring with her. So what do we have? We have, you know, her being nice, her gaining favor. And because she gained favor with somebody, him helping her out. And then when she went before the king, she stood out because, hey, she had the help from Haggai and she probably knew what to get the king because he told her. And then she also had this personality about her in which she stood out from all the other women. And so much so that he was like, yo, I don't even need to see the other chicks that were gathered from all the town. I got her right there. It says so much so right then and there, he placed the royal crown upon her head. Every good man wants to feel like they have got the absolute best possible woman for them. And so it's not that you have to prove that because if a man don't see that, then he don't see it. But you just have to be that all of automatically just exist in your own ram realm. And if you are that, then he will see that it's because you don't have to be the most beautiful person in the room. But if you feel like you are, you can convince other people that you are the most beautiful person in the room based on how you feel about yourself, based on your attitude and based on your personality and how you treat other people. So I'm going to go ahead and end this. I really hope that you guys got encouragement. I just got this Bible and I actually love it. It's the Amplified um, version and I'm going to leave it down in the description box. And as well as my book for single women where I talk about all this stuff and more. Subscribe, hit the notifications and I will see you guys another day, another time. Bye y'all. Not ready for the show to end? It doesn't have to. You can head over to my site where you can read hundreds of articles. And also you can feel free to shop my store where I have all of my products for sale. And last but not least, for even more video content, feel free to visit my YouTube channel where I talk about a wide array of content. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and until next time, stay blessed. I love getting up close and personal. And if you want to connect with me and stay updated and get more amazing content, then feel free to follow me on social media. You can follow me on Instagram where I post additional content as well as stories. Or if you don't have an Instagram, then you can also like my Facebook page where I also post additional content.
If you enjoyed my show and want to donate, you can do that at paypal.me backslash sophisticatedmom on any mobile device or computer.